Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, uh, we have to unfortunately break down now the only uh, undefeated team left in the SEC, or defeated, not undefeated, undefeated in losses, I guess, um, uh, is, which is Mizzou winless team. There we go. I'm, I am I can't think. Um, yeah, we're going to recap that game and the, just the somberness that continues to haunt Missouri men's basketball season. We do have some football news we'll dive into, too. Um, we'll talk a little bit more Brian early because he got officially, officially hired on Friday. Um, we'll do a little senior bowl recap, too, just because Mizzou was so good there. Uh, then we'll do quick hits. We got Kent Sports Shorts, Dirty Birds of the Weekend, our fraud rankings, big college basketball fraud rankings this weekend uh, to dive into. And then we'll end with ratio. So good show. Um, if you want to look past, you know, if you want to enjoy that, we're doing a show, even that it's going to be about Mizzou being so bad, like, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's still entertaining enough. But with that, uh, we will dive in to and get the show started. Before that, quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. It is. Super Bowl time, and it is uh, the Chiefs and 49ers repeating the usual suspects heading back to Vegas for the Super Bowl, and our partner Bet Online is your number one source for all the Super Bowl odds, trends, stats, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, two of my favorite Super Bowl bets uh, to make. Love guessing the color of the Gatorade. Bet Online is your number one source for championship wagering. Send to Bet Online today to get in on all the action bet online the game starts here we're going to do our super bowl stuff on friday's show so i was going to ask you kenny payton uh the gatorade question now but i'll save that for friday's show maybe we'll throw that in as a wrinkle but let's do our best beats of the week by bet online kenny what's your best beat of the week before we do that did you guys see the guy on twitter who dm'd a bunch of chiefs players and was saying that it was for his classroom that he teaches and they were going to do like a poll on who's who the correct color was going to be so he could bet on it actually i um he was like gabbard was included mizzou guy so i thought that was okay um i thought it'd be fun as well to just start mentioning our records um you know at one point i was pretty far ahead in this stuff um i'm now 25 and 22 and this one's more just emotional hedging kansas five and a half on the road at kansas state on monday i mean jayhawks win by five and a half cool um you I mean, right, win yeah. by six. That, that's great. But Kansas State covers. Kansas State wins. Also a good feeling. If Mizzou turns it around and needs this as a resume booster, that also plays into it. And that's how I'm going to go for the rest of these bets. I'm going to look at how this could boost the Tigers' resume. Yep. Classic they strategy. need that. They need that. All right. All right. <laughs> Quality uh, losses. My, my uh, best beat of the week, I'm 27 and 21. That is Good for first place uh, in this in this challenge. Uh, I got Eastern Washington by three and a half over Portland State, uh, folks. If you go to Handy Dandy Torvik, um, which I have not mentioned before, I don't think um, they the the Eagles are four point favorites by Torvik over the Crusaders. <laughs> yes. Get this one while you still can. Um, cause it's not going to be three and a half, very, very much longer. They do not have a red court. Like they have a red, uh, football field though. That is, un- that is unfortunate. Uh, you're also wrong. You're not in first. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not. You, you, you are in first in your eyes because you don't count, uh, the wins that I appropriately earned. 
Um, I'm still riding the coattails of all my Iowa. You are I'm 24 20, I am 28 and 19. I'm 28 and 19. I'm in first place. I'm in first place, undisputed. First Holy place. I got all those bets place. right. First place. Uh, and I am sticking with mid-major basketball like Peyton. I'm going the Cowboys of McNeese State to cover a monster spread of 18 and a half against, against Texas A&M. Uh, Commerce, yeah, Will Wade, great coach of McNeese. Folks, McNeese is a future NCAA tournament darling in waiting. You heard it here fo- first. Uh, they just lost their first game in conference play uh, earlier this week. They're going to be fired up. Texas A&M Commerce, not very good. They're 2-7 and seven in the Southland. Uh, yeah, McNeese, they, they're, they're going to be fired up. Uh, Shahada Wells, there's a name for you to watch. He averages 18.9 points per game for the Cowboys. They've only lost three games all year. I think they're going to go to the tournament. I think they're going to do something special, and it's going to start with a big cover of the Commerce. What are the Texas A&M Commerce, Peyton? Mascot? They're the – okay, so that's CC. Or no, they're Commerce, so it's not CC. CC is the Islanders. I believe Commerce is the Lions. It does look like a lion on their logo, yeah. so we'll go with that. Uh, McNeese is covering the Commerce. Uh, they are a NCAA tournament team. Darling, in waiting, Will Wade, good coach. Uh, so yeah, give me a and commerce with that. Let's segue. We'll see our mid-major. I put this down on my calendar. Cause I realize when I do these like mid-major games, I always like forget to check the score. And then I'm as surprised when everyone else is, when Kenny just tweets the graphic, I'm like, Oh yeah, my game's done. So I put yeah, it, I and deliberately put he's, it. he's tried to saddle me <laughs> lost in games that I won. Yeah. Are you, are you accusing him of rigging it? He, is that the, yeah, he's thinking I'm not checking the scores. I'm checking the scores, buddy. I did it once on accident. The other time, I just wanted to see if you would notice. <laughs> Which one did you want to see if I would notice? The the latest one. The Montana State one. Montana, Montana State. State one. I, I didn't think you'd I was notice. like, this wasn't even close. Montana State easily covered uh, the the fighting Raekwon battles. He doesn't go there anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm in first. Uh, You're not in first. Peyton is not in first. I will be further in first when McNeese State covers assuming kenny doesn't sabotage the graphic again but i wrote down on my calendar deliberately i like put like check mcneese state score at like 10 15 when the game ends so come on you cowboys cover with that we'll segue we'll get into the rest of the show dive in starting with football the unwritten rule starts right now attention Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Monday, February 5th, and we're going to hold off talking about the Vanderbilt game because I don't want to talk about the Vanderbilt game very much. I don't think Kenny and Peyton want to talk about the Vanderbilt game very much. So let's talk about uh, Brian Early again for a little bit uh, to, to start things out. We're going to recap a little bit of senior bowl stuff too. I know we hit it mostly uh, last weekend, but they've, they've doled out their, you know, awards, so to speak and, and recognitions and the zoo players were obviously on there. So we'll talk about that too, but let's dive into Brian early. Uh, he was officially hired Friday. We, we, we talked about it when, you know, the news broke, it was going to happen but Mizzou made it officially official um, and they posted a bunch of his accolades. So this comes from Mizzou football on Twitter. I'm going to just race through these. Um, he, he has an impressive resume uh, in Houston. So in 2017, he was their team's Broyles award nominee. Of course, that's the top assistant coach in the country. Uh, they went to eight bowl games while he was an assistant there. Uh, seven all conference defensive lineman while at Houston, of course, 
that was in the American mostly before they joined the Big 12, but still pretty impressive. Um, they had two of those in 2023, so I guess that wasn't the Big 12. Um, and then they had four. Four of his guys have been NFL draft picks since 2021, so that's pretty cool. Five seasons at Arkansas State. We love our Red Wolves. Um, he had units that ranked among the top tw- um, in the top 20 nationally in sacks or tackles for loss five times. Uh, and then he had three consecutive Sun Belt Defensive Players of the Year uh, all in a row when he was also at Arkansas State. So pretty impressive resume he's bringing. Obviously, the next question is going to be how that all transitions to the SEC. Can he keep that success going? But I really like the hire. This Houston Mizzou pipeline has been has been pretty uh, pretty lucrative for the Tigers so far in recent years. Honestly, it's starting to feel more like an Arkansas State to Mizzou <laughs> pipeline, Northern Illinois, uh, 2011 Go Daddy Bowl. Um, Brian Early, I do want to correct you on one thing, Dalton. <laughs> oh God, what did I say? Uh, the 2017 Broyles Award that came at Arkansas State. Uh, that oh, was not. Yeah. That was not at um, Houston quite yet. But, I mean, you look at all of these um, numbers. I mean, it's impressive over both Houston and uh, Arkansas State because you mentioned, like, a lot of these um, all-conference nominees came at the AAC. The AAC was, is not, has not been a weak conference for a good number of years, though. It's definitely the de facto sixth best. It's definitely passed up the Mountain West, other conferences like that. Um, but – the three consecutive Sunbelt Conference Players of the Year is really quite something. Um, it, all around, those are impressive numbers. Feel pretty good about that that hire early on. You know, we'll see how he recruits. We'll see. Um, oh yeah, early on. Um, you'll Did see. You we'll click? see. Yeah, it just clicked. That was not intentional. We'll see how he recruits. Um, we've gone over it to death at this point. Mizzou recruits very uniquely. Um, just a lot of different regions that some guys get. I mean, the tweet, the first tweet he had the day he was hired by Mizzou was that he was in Shreveport caught in traffic. So um, we'll see how it all shakes out, but got to be impressed with the, the, uh, the resume for Brian early. And like another thing that really just comes to my mind with, with that Houston to Mizzou pipeline connection is when Brandon Jones was named the offensive line coach in late March, early April last year. And then a month later, transfer portal opens Big target, Cameron Johnson, who was at Houston. Some of they put into the offensive line and had a good second half of the season for the Tigers. Maybe there's someone down there um, at Houston right now that maybe doesn't have the spring they want, doesn't have – I mean, doesn't want to be with the Cougars anymore, wants to maybe look somewhere else. New head coach um, at Houston, and maybe they, they give they give Mizzou a look uh, if they hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be, I mean, kind of where we go next with – in addition to – kind of our draft coverage with the guys from this year's team is who could be some of those names. I think we've talked a lot about how Mizzou has kind of expanded its reach, so to speak, with some of the guys they've hired and, you know, might have some more inroads in territory. And yeah, former schools are certainly, you know, a great place to start and a great place to go uh, for some of these new coaches coming in. But yeah, Brian Early, uh, officially official with um, Mizzou football, becoming their new defensive line coach. Uh, let's finish off with the senior bowl stuff. Cause we, you know, we were, we were praising Cody Schrader, Darius Robinson, Chris Abrams drain, um, the three of those guys at, at, for their play, but they got, you know, some recognition, Cody Schrader, they, they had the clip Mizzou football posted it on X of, of the ESPN clip. Another, Hey, did you know he had 2000 yards at Truman state? Uh, I laughed when that was the first thing I heard the announcer say, um, 
but yeah oh and javon foster too sorry javon foster i should i should lump you in there i feel bad offensive linemen don't get the recognition they deserve um but yeah all four of those guys but yeah just final thoughts from there i know i know i saw one thing it was like i i forget who posted it but it was like a top three offensive and defensive performers from the the senior bowl and darius and cad were two of the three defensive players so stocks rising for for all four of those guys at the senior bowl my first thought just from the actual game itself was it's a shame cody schrader uh had to downgrade at quarterback and work with joe milton a lot because my god he is terrible <laughs> um i'm not gonna sugarcoat it he is abysmal no he's, he's pretty bad. uh <laughs> that that interception he threw while he was targeting cody trader i jesus nobody should draft that guy but back to the mizzou point um yeah Dar darius robinson i think probably did more for himself than anyone else at the senior bowl i mean the guy's getting first round buzz people we touched on this last episode the way he he wins at certain defensive alignments it drew comparisons to jj watt um so I, I don't think anybody had a better senior bowl than him. Cad obviously was great. Um, he has concerns about his size, but boy, the guy can just play. And I think uh, teams are going to realize that he probably won't go as high as he should just based on pure play. But I, I would be surprised if he wasn't, if he lands in the right spot, I'm sure he can develop into something else. And we touched on it. Uh, Javon Foster, Cody Schrader. Cody Schrader got a lot of run uh, in the in the senior in the actual game at the Senior Bowl, so good for them. Uh, didn't sound like anybody really hurt their stock, so that's always nice. And Cody showed all of his qualities: elusiveness, speed, even the strength. He, he had a big run on third or fourth down where he just kind of pushed himself for that extra yard to cross cross the line for the gain, and uh, it was just a great overall showing from Cody. It's crazy to think that this guy, like two years ago, and you know we beat it to death, but someone who really just got lucky with an opportunity to go to an SEC school, just a guy asking Coach Drinkwitz to give him a shot and turned into an NFL player through it all. Um, pr pretty incredible story. And I think we'll, we'll definitely get a lot of those stories uh, resurfacing here in a couple months whenever he's drafted or signs with an NFL team. Yeah, you can go to Mizzou Football on X too. They have they have the highlights of him too with that little with them that clip also of them talking about him and his story that everyone like Kenny said knows by now I think so. Um, yeah, great for those guys. We'll see where it uh where it all ends up for him. We're gonna have we'll have draft people. I'm sure we'll have Max back on to to talk about those guys and where they stand as that gets closer. It's just hard to tell before combines, pro days, all that fun stuff. Um, Mizzou's Pro Day is going to be cool. I've, I'm envious of the people who are going to cover that. But, um, yeah. Oh, and um, Darius Robinson, he won the Player of the Week for the practice. That was another yep. accolade he got. So, stock rising. I think it was. It felt like him and Lad McConkey, the Georgia receiver, were like the top two guys in terms of everyone was like, wow, these these two are really really good. So, we'll see how it uh we'll see how it all unfolds for them. Uh, all right, now we have to segue and uh, recap men's basketball. Um. Not a not another fun day, but another um, classic day of Mizzou men's basketball and SEC play. The Tigers losing 68-61 to Vanderbilt in Nashville, which means, of course, Mizzou is the only remaining winless team uh, in SEC play. They are officially dead last uh, now in conference. General thoughts and takeaways, gentlemen, from another disappointing day. Bright start, poor finish. 
crappy arena, according to Gabe Diarmond. What do you yeah. Think? Well, Owen 18's on the table, man. Like, there's uh, if you <laughs> those were the two most winnable games remaining on Mizzou's schedule, and they uh, emphatically lost the first one and never had the lead really down the stretch in the second one. Um, it just can't get more than two guys going at once. I mean, Noah Carter came out and just lit the world on fire. Had like, I don't even remember how many points in the first half. It nine. Was, he, he had, well, he had nine to start the game. Yeah, I know that. Um, but I can't remember. He finished with like 20. I know that. Um, him and Sean East had decent first halves. Then they kind of trailed off a bit in the second half. Nick Honor and Tamar Bates carried the load down the stretch. But nobody else did anything. Like, Kurt Lewis hit two free throws, and Aiden Shaw made a second-half point. That's, like, it, like, other than those four guys. Like, there's no dudes on this team. It's just a horrible, horrible basketball team. There's no way around it. Uh, I just – and now, at this point, I don't really think you can fix this in a year. I mean, it is that bad. I mean, the freshmen – have really largely looked more bad than good. Aiden Shaw has not really progressed to the point where he kind of needed to be for this team to still be a pretty good spot. None of the seven-footers have impressed me at all. Um, that that includes Jordan Butler, unfortunately. Um, I don't know, man. Like You got five freshmen coming in next year. It's totally unrealistic to expect them to be able to come in as freshmen, especially because they're not one-and-done types. Like, these aren't one-and-done freshmen. They are guys that need time to develop. Like, they are very high-ranked. They will probably be very good players, most of them. But they're not going to come in and save a ship, a sinking ship like this. There's genuinely one player I think that I would be upset if he transferred, and that's Tamar Bates. Even the freshmen at this point, I just... There's so much wrong with this team. You need as many roster spots as you can get in the offseason to try and slam the portal. You cannot be missing targets this time around because this is a total mess at this point. Did you know Mizzou started off uh, really hot in this game with a good lead? Uh, I feel like I heard that a lot of times in this game. Also, yeah. there was a lot of talking about like the floor and uh, the seats being below the court. Yeah, we've seen this court before for the last 10 years. It's not something new. And it was just kind of just an annoying game all the way around. Uh, you talk about roster spots opening, of course, guys like Noah Carter, Sean East, Nick Honor, Connor Vanover, not expected to be back next year. A lot of those guys running out of eligibility as well. Going to be a youthful team, but a team that also is going to have to address the portal. I made some jokes that we're going to see a Tamar Bates update in April or May saying he's going to Arkansas or somewhere else because he just built his stock up with such a strong second half in a really down year for the Tigers, one of the worst seasons in the in the last decade. Uh, it's crazy to think that this team doesn't beat that 2021 team, uh, the last year of Conzo's era. That, that's, that, that team felt like just a band of misfits, guys that were on the lower end of the transfer portal. A lot of these guys that came in for the Tigers this year and nothing really got put together that year. This year, this is where the question goes are the Tigers going to win an SEC game? No, I mean, no, I I, I don't think so. Uh, uh, I mean, the odds favor them winning one. I mean, in the last 50 years, there's been one winless SEC team in league yeah. play, and that was 2018-2019 Vanderbilt. They went, they they did it. They went the big 0-18, but I just, 
I don't know. They, they find ways to lose. Like, last year's mm-hmm. team found ways to close and win. This team does not, like, it's the exact opposite. And really, I I just, I don't even know what to say about it anymore. There's so many guys that are just giving you nothing. Kurt Lewis, I have no idea what they're doing anymore with guys like him. I mean, this, it's honestly, get, like, it, it makes me mad, like, when I see some of these guys on the floor as long as they are. Like, I get it. Mabor Mayak, like, he played a career high in minutes yesterday, and Dennis and Noah got asked about it in the post game, and they both emphatically said he earned it. That really stinks that just effort alone is warranting 19 minutes a game for a player on this team. And I know there's injuries. John Tanjay and Caleb Grill, who are supposed to be big pieces, are hurt. Other teams have injuries too, man. Arkansas lost Devo Davis. They haven't had Trevin Brazil. They were without Keon Menefield for a lot of the year, and they have found a way to scratch off two conference wins. So I just, the team is not good. There's just no way around it. I mean, this is about as bad as it has ever been for Mizzou. And it like what makes me nervous too, Peyton, with your point about like, you're right, you can't miss in the portal next year. You know, the, they were missing on in the portal a year after they went to the NCAA tournament and you felt, you know, Dennis Gates was one of the most beloved coaches in the nation. You you would think, oh, they could sell this team really easily to some of those guys. And they didn't do it then. I don't know who's going to look at this year's team and say, well, I'm going to come play for that unless it's someone that maybe looks at Tamar Bates and says, well, you know, maybe I can do that for myself if I go here. But it's got to make it a lot harder to bring in the guys you need to have the turnaround that you need if you're Dennis at this point. Yeah, I just, I don't think you can even go into next year expecting them to sniff the NCAA tournament again. I think you have to totally, like, this is just, this year has been so, such an unmitigated mess that you kind of just have to reset expectations for everything. Like, next year, I just am praying to God Dennis can get this team to the NIT. Like, that's really kind of just the growth I'm looking for at this point. And they aren't playing on Wednesday in the SEC tournament. And that sucks because, I mean, you couldn't have told me after year one that there was a chance in hell this was going to happen. And I still, like, largely, like, recruiting at the, in the, at the end of the day eventually just takes over. And Dennis Gates can clearly recruit. And I think that'll eventually lead to wins. We saw it this year. I'm not trying to compare Eliot Drinkwitz to Dennis Gates here because the worst Eli ever did was six and seven. But the, the comparison I'm trying to draw here is like you had to wait for Dennis Gate for Eli Drinkwitz recruits to really step in, be those guys. And like you saw it this past year, they went 11 and two. They won a, a damn new year's six bowl. This was probably the most successful year for Mizzou since 2013. So that I'm trying, I, I, what I'm trying to say is not that Dennis, like Eli, ever had a year this bad uh, that's comparable, but you kind of have to just wait for the recruiting to set in. But boy, I mean, there's going to be some, you got to hit in the portal to kind of make that be true if you're Dennis Gates. Really, too difficult to even project what's going to happen next year. There's going to be guys on this team. They're going to have to get guys in the portal. There's going to be guys in this team we've never even heard of, I, that I've never heard of. Like I feel like that's where it's kind of been the last two years. Like, did you guys know Jesus Carlo Martin was no. uh, before he 
before you jumped in, into the Mizzou world. No, no, no. that's just that, that's just what it's going to be like. It's there's no one on this team. There's no like Kobe Brown that's going to stick around through like a bunch of changes that, you know, he's going to be able to be there and be the guy for you. That's going to be at a starting lineup next year. If, if Tamar Bates stays, I mean, that could be the guy that you think about and kind of build around, but it's a lot of new faces. It's going to be a lot of freshmen and that's where you just have to kind of let it grow. And looking, you know, about the last couple of years when Conzo Martin was in charge, there just wasn't many freshmen. We talked about that. It was just um, Jordan Wilmore. There was no one coming in and no one really looking at develop. It was a lot of these kind of like band of, you know, the, the misfits and the guys that were coming coming around. And I mean, Trevor Brazil ended up being pretty good down the stretch, but he left. And it's just, you just haven't seen this kind of situation for the Tigers in recent years. And I, I've said this before, we Mizzou fans, people who watch the, this team are very spoiled in year one. Those are guys that I think a lot of us could admit we didn't know who Demoy Hodge was and you didn't know if he was going to be good. And then you see all these other guys coming in the next year, didn't know their names, but if Dennis is recruiting them, maybe Dennis knows something that we don't. It just ended up not being that way. And um, I don't know. It's just, you, you talk about a guy who won Juco player of the year and <laughs> it's just, it's not working out. It's like, what, what was going on in the Juco level uh, that warranted that for Kurt Lewis? I, can you believe he shot over 50% from three? In Juco. I mean, that three he took at the end of the game was so not close. I mean, it was unbelievable. And it's, I mean, they did that, you know, with Muhammad Diar and Sean East. They were the two highest Juco players the year prior to joining Mizzou as well. So you thought, and and Curlews went to the same Juco that Sean East did. So, you know, you thought maybe that could, uh, where Kyle Smith-Peter's brother was the coach, by the way, just getting deeper into that lore. Um, So you thought maybe it would, it would, translate the way it, it has for Sean this year. And I know Muhammad Diar didn't really live up to everyone's expectations a year ago, but I, I don't know. I, th- I think, uh, you know, to, to Peyton's point, like I think in basketball, it's very hard to taper expectations with letting a recruiting class embed because in football, you can see that you, you understand, Oh yeah, physically these guys need two or three seasons to develop. And then, you know, they'll go supernova and you'll have a class finally or like a class of recruits finally like take over for a new coach. Basketball, John Calipari has ruined this for all of us where you just get these five stars and you can reload year after year after year and still take them to the NCAA tournament. That's not how Dennis has built programs. It's not how he helped build his program with Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. It's not really what he did with Cleveland State. It's going to take time and it's going to take patience. But I think, Peyton, you're spot on with the the expectations do have to reset. And that's the sad part about all of this is we thought it would be, you know, it would be a step back and then next year it would be NCAA tournament kind of like they were in his first season. I think you're right. It's going to have to be, you know, hopefully they're going 500 in conference play a year from now. And then you get another class of another top 10, top five recruiting class in with Aaron Rowe. And then it's okay. uh, You know, Trent Pierce is a junior. Jordan Butler's a junior. Maybe, you know, then they're, they're where they need to be at that point, but it's just going to take longer than people realize. And that's hard in basketball. People do not have the patience for that uh, on the hardwood. Like they do with football. That for me is like what kind of the difference is. Um, yeah. Well, and good. Dennis, Dennis uh, kind of indirectly dug his own kind of grave with those types of expectations because he, like we mentioned, like Kenny mentioned, he brought in all these guys we hadn't heard of and they won 25 games. Uh, I mean, they 
Uh, and Dennis has hit. I mean, he's always kind of just going back to the Kurt Lewis thing. He's always kind of dipped his foot into the Juco realm, you know. Demoy Hodge came from there. Uh, DeAndre Golston, I believe, went that route before he went to Milwaukee. I know Knowlton did a big profile on him. Uh, Go, Trey Gomelian, uh, Ben Sternberg. A lot of those guys were in Juco's or just playing way below uh, like the level they were at. And it still all kind of clicked in, it, in, in their own roles. They kind of all clicked last year. But I think it clicked in part two because, like, Demoy Hodge was with Dennis for four, for three or four years. Trey Gamillion That's was there true. forever. I mean, you know, DeAndre Golston, at the very least, played against a Dennis Gates thing for a year and then was there. Like, so, you know, yeah, I think it takes a while for everything to kind of click. And that, I still believe, will happen. And when it does happen, we've seen already what that leads to. So, yeah, it's kind of – it's everyone having to kind of rediscover their patience. So, We'll see how it goes. Um, Damn you, Dennis, we... for spoiling us last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now we have to have these combos. Yeah, I know we didn't dive like too much into the actual game, which I don't think is a big deal. I don't. It's Mizzou Vanderbilt. I mean, they lost, and uh, the notes I put. You know, they you mentioned the twenty to nine run, uh, Kenny, that they talked about a million times on the broadcast. They were up twenty to nine, believe it or not. Um, Jordan Butler was the only player with a positive box plus minus. He scored zero points and had two steals. That was pretty much it. Um, this team scored four bench points, two from Aiden Shaw and two from Kurt Lewis. Um, Sean East too got hurt. Remember he got carried off the floor at the beginning of this game. So he was playing through an injury. So you mentioned injuries, but they might revisit that. I don't, they don't know how hurt he might be. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Maybor. I had to shout out. We had, I'm glad you mentioned the Maybor career high in minutes, which I think just tells Everything you need to know. Mabor Mejok in four years of college basketball has never averaged more than a point or a rebound per game in a season. So just played 19 minutes in an SEC game. Not to take away. He had high energy, I guess. But I don't know why I'm going to keep watching this team, but I'm going to. Um, For that know. first win. That first win's going to feel so great. <laughs> if they get it. If they um, get it. I mean, good God. I mean, you look at this week. They got to go play Texas A&M now and Texas A&M just frustrates the hell out of me to even watch because they're James Harden if they were a basketball team uh and that sucks to watch five people doing the same thing uh I don't know man it's just a frustrating year and yes I think I think my my confidence in it all working out is shaken a bit but the end of the day, man, you just got to kind of remind yourself recruiting always eventually takes over and you're not going to have the number four recruiting class in the nation and want, you'd have to move mountains to suck with that down the line. You really would. It's so unlikely. Good points. Good points. Um, we'll end on this before we segue, um, you know, the whole I don't want to sound too cliche, but there are obviously some things that are bigger. We had the news too about Dickie Nutt, Mizzou's assistant coach, got the cancer diagnosis. Um, obviously, wishing just wishing him a speedy recovery. They made comments after the game. the The thing he put out on Mizzou men's basketball Twitter felt somewhat reassuring. They caught it early. They said so. They're hoping he can make a speedy recovery. The Vandy game was his last game, so he's going to take a leave of absence to get treated. But obviously, just uh, if you guys have any things on that, but you know, just, just wishing I, you know, we're just wishing him the best, obviously things, there are bigger things in life. I'm glad they, they caught it early. Cause that's, you know, a bad situation. And he, along with the rest of the staff, just like Dennis seemed very well liked. So, you know, 
Swishing he's well liked by the fan base uh, you don't always know a lot of the assistant names but you know his impact he mentioned he's still going to be scouting still looking over some guys <laughs> which just means that the basketball means the world to him and that yeah. he's just a basketball guy yeah for sure let me tell you uh, about but... an unsung hero my boy i love dicky <laughs> nut i hope I'm, yeah. I'm glad they caught it early at least yeah hope just wishing him wishing him a speedy recovery um but we'll you know, it'll be, it'll suck to not have him on the sidelines for at least uh, a while while he's, while he's getting that sorted out. Uh, yeah. Mizzou, like Peyton said, plays Texas A&M next at 8 PM in Columbia on Wednesday. Uh, you can watch that game on ESPN too. So if you want, we're all sickos. So we'll be watching and I'm sure be texting the same oh. old frustrating things. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, Mizzou A&M 8 PM Wednesday on ESPN two. Thus ends another day, another winless game and winless streak continuing for the Missouri Tigers. With that, we'll segue. We'll finish the show on a little bit more of a fun note and uh, keep you rolling with quick hits. Okay, quick hits time. Kenny's been waiting a long week for this because uh, of what happened last week. Go to the TikTok to uh, to find out what happened on Ken Sports Shorts. Kenny, do you have one that we can guess uh, before you finish the question? I'll let you know that someone on TikTok responded um, to what Peyton did to me with "dang he knows ball." So that I, I bet that was that feels good for you, Peyton. But this week we're looking at the 2014 NFL Draft. Um, just kind of refresh your memory of, of who was taken uh, in the top three. That was Javion Clowney, Greg Robinson, and Blake Bortles. Other guys like Khalil Mack, Mike Evans, Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Lewan. Just kind of. Get your mind going about who was taken in this 2014 NFL draft. Um, in that year, though, four Missouri Tigers were drafted. And none of them, none of the four are still in the NFL. But you know, I, I, I'm confident to say together, if you guys put your minds together, you'll be able to name all four. I have one. And to make okay. it easier, though, I'm going to give you this the round. I'm going to go round by round okay. and tell you the player. I'm going to give right. you round, team, and position. Okay, Make yeah, it a that, little that bit that easier just because it's right. been a decade now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're getting into draft stuff, so I thought it would be fun to do this. Yeah. So we're going to start with the first name. We're looking at round two, Carolina Panthers defensive end. Coney Ely. Correct. Yeah, that's that right. is first. Okay. Um, in that same round, the last pick in the second round, Seattle Seahawks offensive mm. tackle. Oh, is this Britt? Britt. It yeah. is Justin yeah. Britt. There yeah. you go. Former Texan as well. I've got, I, okay. he, I remember him. He was good in the offensive line. Uh, this is going a lot faster than I thought it would. Cause now we're getting into round six, three of the four here. Round six, St. Louis Rams cornerback. Oh. Cornerback? Corner, yes. Oh, EK Gaines was there. Kill Roby Coleman. I'm just kidding. No. That's correct, Peyton. Uh, it oh, is EJ Gaines. Hey, hey nice, Peyton. It, it does suck, though, when you're looking at these players and the last time like some of them played in the NFL. I guess Justin Britt was last season with the Texans in 2022, not the 2023-24 season. But a lot of these guys ended in, what, 2020, 2018, not very long careers. This 2014 class was pretty loaded. Um, Last name on here, kind of an easy one, round seven, St. Louis Rams defensive. Michael Sam. Michael Sam. Michael Sam. Yeah, Yeah, that was great. You guys did awesome with that four for four. Dang, not one wrong guess. When was was Doriel Green Beckham in there? I guess he he might not count since he he transferred. He would have been in Oklahoma. But was he 2014? He might the, in the draft. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I was uh, thinking this might have been 2015. 
that's what uh, I Alden, Tennessee Alden, yeah okay okay Alden Smith was also on my mind because I was like that's around when he was yeah yeah but that I think he was before that so good stuff Peyton we nailed that was that. a good one Kenny yeah yeah good one Kenny we'll do we'll do we pick another year for that down the uh down the road when we get close to the draft. yeah those are fun I 2014 just seemed a little bit easier because it was the Michael Samir mm-hmm. right off of a cotton yeah. bowl win. Yeah. okay uh my dirty bird of the weekend goes to the Kentucky Wildcats in my mind, I just remembered the Wildcats aren't a bird, but I'm going to do it anyways. I don't know why I was thinking about that, but <laughs> I was thinking of Louisville. I thought you Kentucky. were going to make some sort of crazy connection. You just forgot. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I was just thinking about Louisville when I was typing up my, my doc, but they're just going to be my dirty bird of the weekend because this ties into Jaden Quintons. Mizzou is losing, but so is Kentucky. I don't care that Kentucky's ranked 10th in the nation. They're not good. Uh, the Wildcats lost 103 to 92 to rival Tennessee at home on Saturday. The thing I'll mention, Jane Quintons, you're going to play for a loser. Last time Mizzou played Tennessee, Mizzou won. They didn't lose like this. And they actually won a big game. It was in the tournament. So think about that, Jane Quintons. Don't, don't, don't watch the game on February 20th when uh, Tennessee, <laughs> unfortunately, will be beating Mizzou. Jane Quintons, you're going to play for a loser, buddy. Yeah, facts. Wouldn't no, it be I... funny if they didn't lose that game, though? That's the one win. That would play even more into my stuff. I, <laughs> that, that would make fair. me. Yeah, that would make me look like better. a genius, and everyone would be calling Wildcats birds at the end the, of the uh, day. The transitive property stuff about Mizzou, if they beat Tennessee, would be off the charts. You could have spin zone that into them being first in the SEC then, if you wanted. I do, Kenny. I like this take because for SEC basketball, I think three teams can win the SEC, and I do not think Kentucky's one of them. I don't. I don't think Kentucky's very good. Mizzou's Alabama, <laughs> Alabama, Tennessee, and who? Auburn. I don't agree with that. No. I think All Auburn's right. good either, dog walked Ole Miss. I don't think I don't think Auburn's very good. Ole Miss like, isn't good. I think Auburn could get exposed, but I still think they're they're good enough as of now. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Hey, I, well, hey, I'm I'm anticipating that Bama uh, Tennessee game. Dirty Bird of the Week uh, is me, Peyton Haverman. Uh, how am I a Dirty Bird? I went to Park Hill South High School, and one of Park Hill South rivals was the Liberty Blue Jays. Um, and the Liberty North Eagles. Uh, those two have since probably well surpassed Park Hill South. But moving on, I'm a dirty bird because Corey Batoon does, in fact, run partially a 3-3-5. So I was incorrect in saying they only run a 4-2-5. John Berger, who commented, was correct. They do, have, they do run a 3-3-5. They also do run a 4-2-5. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to, to clarify that. I would assume they run more four two five, considering it's more you know closer to what Mizzou did last year. But they do, they will probably run three three five sometimes. I never thought a coach, uh, a coach's timeline and style would would draw so much controversy until we debated both that and if he crossed over with with drink at Arkansas State. That back and forth was also absurd. I was like, why? There should be obvious answers to this, but I guess I guess we'll just have to see what he runs on the field at Mizzou. But. Um, Way to way to way to take take ownership of that, Peyton. Proud of you. Um, my dirty bird of the week. I'm going to the wide world of soccer. This is big news. Uh, kind of just, I guess, just in general, but a player that a lot of people will know, Kylian Mbappe, the Frenchman. Uh, connection to Bird, France. Uh, their international team has a a rooster on their little patch that they wear. So he's a a French bird, um, and he's on the move. Uh, apparently he's going to leave Paris St. Germain, the big club in France that he plays for to go to Real Madrid. Now he's kind of a dirty bird because he, he's done this for a while. There's basically, this has kind of been like a a saga that it's like, Oh, he's going to leave P 
PSG and go to some other team and, uh, and uh, you know, leave, leave them. And it's been, there's been so much back and forth, but now apparently it's happening. So it's big news uh, to equate it to like an American sport. It's kind of like KD joining the Warriors. Real Madrid's already like one of the best teams in Europe. And now they're going to get damn near the best player in the world. So um, it's big news. It's big news. He, he'll, he'll have a busy summer. He's going to play at the Olympics for France. He'll play in the European championships, which is like the world cup, but just for European teams. So yeah, he's on the move. Byron Leverkusen did need him anyways. We, yeah. we weren't even interested, <laughs> to be goal. honest. We, we don't lose. We don't want a loser like him. They're he lost the world are, we getting, are we getting messy? Byron Leverkusen? Byron Leverkusen? I don't think are so. Are we getting messy? I don't think so. I don't, you can I don't swing a deal with ESPN then maybe. I don't really want messy. Florian Verts is better anyway. Ooh. He's, he's, by, he's wow. not Byron Leverkusen. Go. He's one of our best players. <laughs> Just pretend you know. Please. Edit that out! <laughs> Just pretend you know for the bit. <clears throat> Give me a coughing fit. Jesus. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. Kenny, what time is it? Kenny, what time? Oh. Oh, is that a... Is that a... That's not quite a great Oh, because it's never right. Not even twice a day is it right. Oh. It's four time. And number five, we're throwing it over to Jack. Number five. I'm going to kick it over to our correspondent, Patrick Mahomes, to break this one down. Patrick, what happened to your Texas Tech Raiders? Is that your Patrick Mahomes in the Big 12? Stop cutting off Mahomes, Peyton. We have two straight losses in the Big 12. We are the top 15. Now we're going to drop out of the top 25. Yeah, come it. Prod, the Red Raiders. Not good in the Big come, 12. A lot of parents. Coming in at number four, we got the, the, the best college basketball conference in the nation. The Mountain West, the five big Mountain West. Mountain West Wars took it to another level yesterday because Utah State Aggies, who Missouri beat in the tournament last year, they, had, they took their third loss of the season. They're now 19-3. The 17th-ranked Aggies fell by 14 to Final Four uh, content. Well, previous, you know, that word. San Diego State, the Frog Tech, they beat the Froggies. Um, God, two Aggies. Or wait. That's that's number four in the fraud rankings. Coming in at number three. Don't go breaking my fraud. Oh. I couldn't if I fraud. fraud. But baby, if I had Caleb Grill, I'd beat the Baylor frauds. That's what I would say if I was Iowa State and I still had Caleb Grill. 70-68, to 68, the Baylor Bears. God was on their side in Waco this weekend. Iowa State, number three on the fraud rankings. Fraud Drew got ejected from that game. Number two, we're going out west to the Fraudia CC, where Fraudzaga took on St. Mary's. Fraudzaga, not a mid-major, according to Mid-Major Madness on Twitter. They lost. Their fraud fans were throwing fraud trash on the fraud court in the Frenel, the fraud kennel. And the Bulldogs, probably not going to the NCAA tournament. They lose to the Gales. Looks, like looks like Mark Hughes got more than just dogs in his car. He's got Fraud frauds Hughes. in his car. Lucy in the sky with fraud bowlers. The Pro Bowl going on right now. A bunch of wimps not putting on the pads and playing a little tackle. Little no, they're not playing other. tackle. They're grabbing the flags. It's 47 to 30 at halftime. What's going on in the fraud bowl over there? Going on in South Florida. Oh, that's number one in the fraud rankings. The Pro Bowl. Good, good fraud segment. I, I like the singing that Kenny provided there. That was, good. That, was good. that was a nice touch. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you guys uh, like seriously, if you're a college basketball fan, you didn't see the ending of the Gonzaga St. Mary's game. Go rewatch it. It was hilarious. They're throwing trash on the court. If you um, love college basketball, watch every St. Mary's Gonzaga matchup and watch yeah. West. It's really good stuff. They are. They are good. Uh, all right. Ratio of the week. Uh, I can do the first one for the ratio of the week. I believe I submitted this. Um, this comes from Jeff Goodman on Twitter. He tweeted the daily forget football. We're talking hoops followed by a bunch of bullet points and their latest, I think podcast from the field of 68. Uh, this was on January 29th. I brought this up last show, but that came shortly after Jeff Goodman was getting dunked on for asking a big East fan, how they would look in orange after they made a documentary. Um, Goodman's tweet had 57 likes, uh, 58 retweets slash quote tweets and 327 replies. One of which is comes from sky on Twitter. Jeff Goodman loses a game, a bye game to Twitter, the epitome of brutality. That's a, a typical Goodman tweet um, using it against him. Yeah. Jeff Goodman dunking on you again, man. That was a uh, didn't, didn't love what all happened there. You can go, go to last episode. I recapped all of it, but had to throw, had to throw Mr. Goodman back in for another ratio. Him and his football partner. Yeah, yeah don't, don't bring him up. I don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> he um, loves Mizzou, Kenny. He loves Mizzou. Yeah, he does. He loves it. He really understands college basketball. Yeah. Um, the second ratio of the week. This I want to start off with something. Mark Florio, Mike Florio, does he kind of remind you of what our friend Gabe Diarman does? Uh, he probably used to have a Twitter account. Now just uses his account for the website he runs. And that's just like his own personality. It's like behind I, a different, you don't see the picture of him at I all. I did see, I did see a thing. It was an article and it said Mike Florio, otherwise known as pro football talk on X. And that was how he was referenced in an article. And I said, if anyone ever references Gabe, that's how I would like him to be referenced power or Gabe DeArmond or power Mizzou as he's known on X followed by what he has. You're right. I, I like that comp. Anyway. I'm not saying that they have the same personality in some things that they say. I just, I don't want that to be like a diss to Gabe yeah. at all. It's just, they seem very similar. Cause I mean, Mike Florio is a big voice in uh, the NFL. Oh, Gabe yeah. Diarmond's the biggest voice in, in Mizzou sports. And so that's why I, I like, I thought that could be a good reference. And this actually kind of ties into Gabe. Cause this is how I found the ratio. Uh, Mike Florio tweeted on January 29th. The coach told me earlier today that analytics was just a way for people who never would have gotten jobs in football to get jobs in football. To understand that is to understand why they get so defensive whenever anyone asks, anyone questions analytics. I got 1.9 thousand likes. Matt Miller, NFL draft scout on X. Quote, quoted it with, an editor told me earlier today that aggregation was just a way for people who never would have gotten jobs in journalism to get jobs in journalism. <laughs> to understand that is to understand why they get so defensive whenever anyone questions aggregators. And if you know Gabe and if you follow Gabe, if you ever talk to him, Gabe does not like aggregation. It does, he doesn't like things that aren't, aren't true reporting, and aggregation is not one of them. Sure, it might be helpful if you just want to see all the tweets from one account the same time it's just someone stealing your work to make money off of it and we know gabe is not a fan of that whatsoever and i, I think he mentioned he wanted to make it his header or his bio on twitter on x it was pretty funny well how many likes did the matt miller tweet get over three thousand. yeah, yeah. that was the, the ratio thank you it's yeah. a not on yeah, mike florio that's also it's like a big tweet too because like nfl aggregate accounts are like some of the most annoying so it's like that's that's the best place to to apply that but yeah that's a that's a retweet to pin type of deal only ret only mm -hmm. quoting this so i can pin it to my profile um shout out to gabe he i i like we we, we love gabe he's the, the new mike florio of the missoupi I, I like this i like this comp um all right 
with that, we will end the show. Peyton? What? I'm just kidding. I can't even keep a straight face. This, this doesn't bother me more. So you guys are gaining nothing from this. It doesn't bother well, me. Well, good. Then we're going to keep bit. telling yeah. them. Yeah. Um, As he leaves. <laughs> this comes from our favorite TV series, The Today Show. Um, this is a good one. <laughs> Al Roker. Good one. Banger after banger. Um, guys, once I read a book about glue, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> Wait, that reminds Good me. One. one time I was in a one time I was in middle school in a class, and a bunch of like kids who were sitting at my table glued like the textbooks together, and then like all booked it out of there, and I like, got blamed for it. I had to clean it. I'll still hold well, on to that. I, defend yourself. Why didn't I you try? Oh, well, man. because I also felt bad for my teacher, and I was like, I'll help you get the books. I was just trying to be nice. A bunch of knuckleheads. Yeah, some some classic middle school behavior. <laughs> um, all right, well, in the show. I want Kenny to tell a joke one one week from the from the if, he, if, if, you're truly, if you're truly over it, you would start you would tell a joke from time to time from the Today Show. Um nah, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well in the show. Uh thanks everybody for listening. Go enjoy your week. Um we'll be airing our grievances, I'm sure, on Wednesday, uh, when Mizzou plays Texas AM in men's basketball. So We'll see how it goes. We'll recap it. Who knows if that win is ever coming when it will. Maybe we're recapping it. I'm kind of sick of saying maybe we'll recap the first win next show. But maybe we'll recap the first win next show. Until then, we won't. Until then, everyone, uh, enjoy. Have a fun and safe week. We'll see you guys on Friday.